0: Keyframes, a podcast about anime. I'm your host Ben Halliburton, and with me today is Andy. Hey, hey, and Duncan. Hey there. It's another Britcast plus Ben. Brit, Ben and the Brits. Ben and the
1: Brits. Yep. I love that band. What was the this first? This was not the pre roll
0: I had planned. <laughs> <laughs> ben and the Brits. Bill and Ben Flowerpot Man.
2: Uh, um, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, but
2: I think we've already established it's the Brits and Ben. Hmm. Yeah, oh, is that oh, <laughs> yeah.
0: some some bizarre accident of historical precedence? Um, well, speaking of bizarre accidents, we have a lot to talk about. We are starting with our spotlight topic, our discussion topic, which is on anime movie sequels and spin-offs. What happens when an anime series has a movie that is either the finale or is an unrelated side story that nonetheless you're expected to consume if you want to be a true Cowboy Bebop fan? And afterwards... <laughs> We are going to be talking about the Great Pretender and about the Saikano movie, Saikano, How to Raise a Boring Girlfriend. (laughs) Fine. Uh, So that really what is cool. The (laughs) latter of which is yes they they use they use musical notation despite music Ah. not being a particularly large part of the show for some reason. It's like um it's like how Evangelion Rebuild of Evangelion is also doing like uh musical stuff briefly. They had, like, the repeat sign as the as the number for the fourth one for a while.
1: But they did that really hot scene where Karu and Shinji played on a piano for, like, <laughs> three minutes.
0: Man, I, I know so many queer anime fans who love, like, tan- tandem boy love piano playing in the apocalypse. Is that a mood for 2020 or <laughs> what?
1: But, I'm looking forward to re-watching yeah. it over uh, Christmas.
0: <laughs> yeah... Yeah, I am too. I uh, I just got a, a 4K Blu-ray player on, on Black Friday, so I'll get oh, to watch man. it in upscaled 4K glory, just Ooh. like Anno did not intend. <laughs> so.
1: he's, up, he's, he's mad at you right Anno now. Anno wants
0: to do the... <laughs> Anno, he probably wants to do the... Uh, what is it? Meg... Uh, <laughs> the megalobox thing where like they purposely downscale it to 480p <laughs> to make it look like it's on a bad like early 2000s tv yeah anyway it <laughs> we had a good transition there with the evangelion movies but then i just let it flit out of my fingers like hope <laughs> so uh this was my topic that i suggested um i think that it is an interesting phenomenon how anime has tried to have Um, A relationship to the silver screen that is beyond just Miyazaki or Mamoru Hosoda or Shinkai Makoto, that oftentimes uh, successful TV shows or even not so successful TV shows will have a finale especially after a cancellation or a, not, a sudden lack of renewal they'll have a finale movie or sometimes a recap movie and a finale movie which as we've discussed before is so that people who've never seen the tv show can come in and watch a double feature of the recap and then the movie and it won't hurt their numbers that they have people haven't watched it at its late hour that it probably aired on tv um that they'll either have that finale movie to kind of wrap things up, or oftentimes a successful show that's ended will have a side story uh, inserted within them. Or sometimes a show that's been long defunct will come back as a movie to try to revive interest. This is debatably what happened to the rebuilds. Um, the rebuild plan originally was for all four movies to come out from 2007 to 2009, which is the most ambitious thing that's ever been conceived in the history of mankind, <laughs> uh, especially compared compared to what actually happened, yeah. which is that I mean, they came out from 2009 to 2020. Like, 2021, well, the,
1: sorry. With, I mean, you're saying that, Ben, as if there's not going to be another movie afterwards and that they're like, yes, you're right. This incredibly popular franchise is going to stop now.
0: Uh, and Andy, it's called Bye Bye to Evangelion. Evangelion. Yes. Did you not
2: read the tagline? I, I, it's like, they told you, and like... Well, it's the away. next
0: tagline going to be like, sorry, mate, forgot one thing? <laughs> I don't I'll just be a second. I do It's just... It's no, no, I think Ano's sick of making Evangelion, which is not usually the case with the people who make movies, like the um, the Shirabaku movie that's supposedly coming, mm. um, where they're going to be making an anime movie about the Shirabako staff making an anime movie of one of their series that they aired That's during great. the TV show.
1: That's the sort of meta stuff that can work.
0: Um, if that ever happens, because COVID's killing everything. <laughs> anyway, um, so I think that specifically, like, sequels versus spinoffs is a very interesting dynamic because uh, we were talking briefly before the podcast uh, about how, like, Trigun had its, like, sudden sudden movie 10 years later about just like, this happened randomly during the show. We didn't tell you about it, which is good because when I heard the announcement, I was like, wasn't that a complete story that had a an ending um, where the antagonist was incapacitated <laughs> at the end? And same with Cowboy Bebop, although I think knocking on heaven's door is kind of an interesting example of them trying to do the whole show in miniature with a single hmm. case hmm. or incident or whatever. Um, but it also is necessarily just basically an unaired episode that happens to be two hours long that happened during the runtime, And that's as opposed to, say, the Psychono movie, which is literally just adapting the last light novels of the show. Or even like with Martian Success in a Desco, where uh, it's just a movie that's supposed to be ending the plot. Although in that case... Um, there's a Saturn game that you had to play between the TV show and the movie to understand anything that's going on in the movie, which is why it's a really a really broadly hated movie. <laughs> um, yep. I, yep. <laughs> I can't imagine counting on the Saturn selling well and a video game selling well for your movie to make sense. But Japan loves its transmedia, as Andy and I were talking about earlier. It does. So... It really does. How do you feel about how do you feel about anime movies that are tied to existing anime properties, Andy, as a as a viewer of My Hero Academia and <laughs> Love Live and so on?
1: I mean, generally fine, because I just kind of kind of ignore them. <laughs> like, the... <laughs> do, do you skip them? Do you not watch them? Uh, like, I haven't watched them. Or do you enough, watch like... them and not? Oh, really? If, yeah, if the my basic thing is, if I don't have to pay for it or if it's in the cinema, then I'll go see it. Uh, like, my Hero Academia movie was in a cinema, so I was like, oh yeah, sure thing, I'll, I'll support my an industry that I love by going to a <laughs> we'll cinema. Support,
0: support your Hero Academia, <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: And same with uh, the Konosuba movie, which was not a movie I wanted to see in a cinema, I don't think. No, <laughs> so no, not... that's
0: another thing that I, that we I forgot to mention, is that the communal viewing experience of movies mm. is very weird, at least overseas. Maybe it's less skeevy in Japan. I don't know. Andy can probably speak better to that than I can. I
1: think it's it's just as... Um, I can imagine that a movie like... Uh, specifically something like um, Konosuba, just not really playing very much. It would probably get like a, a limited release and then mm. a large amount of people turning up to that who are big Konosuba fans. Uh, and then, I guess, fucking... Crunchy Crunchyroll being like, is one of the most popular things on Crunchy, so we're just going to pimp it to shit. Uh, and not matter. And it, it worked.
0: It did. It did it, work. It sold gangbusters. I think that there is a hunger for an anime-viewing movie experience that is not the standard Miyazaki um, that's a bit weirder and hornier. Uh,
1: <laughs> it's just not something that... <laughs> and
0: anime's got them covered, so...
1: <laughs> it's just not something that I'd want to, to really watch. I don't know. I enjoyed the Konosuba movie, but... Couldn't have been. Yeah. Like, I did too. I did not like watching it with
0: with human beings. Exactly. Around me. Yeah. So.
1: Especially when there's just so much floppy tits going on. Like I, I uh, no, please. Um, but like Hero academia, like my thing with um Hero academia and sort of the jump ones. So you're talking like the One Piece tie-ins. Mm-hmm. I've seen there's like thirteen One Piece movies or something. Something probably more <laughs> now. Um, and for majority they're fine because One Piece's can work. Sequentially, segmentally it's just like oh Luffy and their crew go to another batshit island and crazy shit happens occasionally there's been about like two or three um like bigger OVAs or, or movies I think Golden World or something like that had like a weird chapter in the anime in the manga that was just like oh there's this weird person who's this and then you're like Watch the movie to find out. It's like a giant yeah, yeah, chapter. Yeah, that kind of
0: cross-promotion. Yeah.
1: Um, and they're fine. That's interesting. But yeah, I,
0: I remember when I was into shonen, shonen stuff, like, Naruto and Bleach movies are the same sort of thing, where it's just like, hey, it's this really powerful guy we've never talked about before. And then they defeat him in the movie, and then they never talk about him again. And it's very... It makes you not want to watch them because it feels like a distraction. Um, but yeah, obviously, yeah. these make money because like Naruto <laughs> made like thirty movies. And, and, Bleach made more movies than it did TV show. It felt like so.
1: I agree, well, Bleach's first movie took a really long time to come out. I remember it being quite a big yeah. thing. Like um, yeah, that's was, true. Uh, but unlike Naruto, which pretty much like was popping off all the time from the beginning. Um, but they uh, the the thing that really uh, interests me was the, um, the the thing with My Hero Academia, though, especially, is you can tell that there was a lot of care and love put into, not necessarily the story, because the story was kind of garbage, uh, because it was clearly... But you knew exactly <laughs> where it was in the timeline of My Hero Academia, because he was told that he could only punch three times. And if you know My Hero uh-huh. Academia, he moves... From punching to kicking, um, because kicking, he's not fucked up his feet yet, so he can fuck them up fine. Um, Which is pretty (laughs) much. And then this is like the transition. So he's like, Well, I'm not good enough at kicking yet, but I've got a gauntlet, a magic, a magic like power gauntlet that can provide. movie
0: only gauntlet. Yeah. uh, (laughs)
1: Like provide me three punches without hurting himself. Because the big thing again of like My Hero Academia is that Deku is not. Uh, like, he's had this power bestowed uh, upon him that he can't control and that he doesn't have full capabilities uh-huh. over. So the fact that he's destroying his own body is an always, like, a really interesting, like, um, sort of shift and paradigm that he as a character is always facing, even if it is then sort of sweetened by some arcs where he has a fucking child who manages to reverse his aging so therefore it's reversing his healing but he's constantly damaging mm. himself some like weird bullshit stuff like that which means he can go all out but <clears throat> they're far and few as opposed to like the general norms <laughs> uh but the the great thing about but but then like the thing the other thing was that was there was like a character who was just like all might who's mentor and a really important character mm. in the whole show. It was his best friend. His best friend. That is one character <laughs> that should be potentially really important for a person who is a, a fairly big deal throughout the whole of the show. And his best friend has
0: been Right. C- he's he's like a celebrity, right? All Might is like yeah. a, a huge celebrity. It's a huge
1: celebrity and there's a lot of stuff about sort of All Might basically again I I guess spoilers for My Hero Academia All Might losing all of his powers and becoming (laughs) and adapting to basically a retired life of not fighting. Uh, And you would assume that he might have a support group of something, which is, I don't know, someone like his best friend, who's now just never going to (laughs) appear in the manga because he's been completely written off to a stupid island that, for again, fucking dumb plot reasons. Where he has they are all relegated to an island that they cannot leave. So not only is his best friend relegated to a movie, but also relegated to an island that he physically cannot leave. Because his skills and knowledge are so great that if he leaves, they're worried that the villains might capture him. Uh it's so fucking dumb. So that stuff really pisses me off with really, <laughs> movies. Um The other interesting one I just wanted to quickly mention was Haiku. So Haiku's great. Like love that anime series. Um but they have got a Two movies for every arc and it's a complete recap. Wow. No no new oh, content. Oh, they're just recap movies? Just recap no movies. new content? No new wow. I think so. probably a little bit. So
0: possibly there's someone out there who is a huge haiku fan but has only ever watched the recap movies, or is this just a completely ridiculous thing?
1: Yeah, no, I, I think you're totally right. I think there's probably a a fair contingent of those who have just been out there waiting for the movies to come out. And I I would imagine there were probably for the diehard fans, some Additional scenes, but for the majority of it, it's literally just the fucking same shit we played.
2: So I was I was actually gonna ask sort of about how how these are weighted. I guess is that you have things like um, you've just described where the movie is just a, a small note, like the the running time of the My Hero Academia, uh, uh movie is just like I don't know what. It's it's a small part of the fiction. Yeah, and then you've got things where for a long time the Berserk movies made up the majority of that canon until the whole yeah. people then. Tro- and it speaks to both the kind of things which get adapted and and why they get adapted. Like there's two two reasons you you make a uh, a film outside of creativity, and one is is <laughs> you want to make more money. And the second is, you didn't have enough money. And <laughs> I think... Uh, we call it the Gynax actually. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, and, and that, that, yeah, the Gainax basically got both of those. Um, so, yeah.
1: <laughs> but, but, but I think a lot of it is exposure, right? Because if you want a film... like I mean, let's look at Kimetsu and yeah. which is, I feel, the big elephant in this film. None of us have seen <laughs> yes, it because it's, it's not out yet in England. But uh, that film is the biggest selling like the third biggest selling film in the whole of japan
2: i mean right in now. fairness that's p- because basically nothing else is getting put out against it
1: totally agreed but the I and mean, yet <laughs> and, and yet um it doesn't help doesn't change the fact that i mean kimetsu no yaiba before it ended last year was manga publication wise and sales wise was outbeating one piece which is hmm. that hasn't been done in decades or well, basically, it's one, one piece. piece. One
0: piece is pretty obscure. Obscure, Andy. So <laughs> yeah,
1: well, who, who's heard of One Piece anyway? Uh, and um, but my point was, is it was just like, but when you've got a movie or a show, you've got way more exposure. A TV show can be forgotten about. You know, it's on every week, sure, but only those Attackers, only the fans are going to mm. watch it. And the timing <laughs> slots we know are like three in the morning. You know, they're never going to be like going to get a very big appeal. But when you got a movie can advertise it to everyone because it's a one-time thing and
2: Mm. the thing is though if you like just thinking from like western media like the number of film adaptations of series is comparatively is extremely low like often
0: you mean mean film film continuations of series or just adapting series because i think we have like hunger games and stuff as clear signs i mean
2: uh continuations of a tv series okay um so like and it it tends to be comedies more than actually uh dramas getting finished
1: yeah the firefly one
2: there was a firefly yeah the one exception is if they're
0: if they are if it's a critically acclaimed show or popularly acclaimed show that's abruptly canceled for politics for like network politics reasons like firefly the deadwood deadwood got a a movie sequel slash finale 10 years after the fact um but was movies are way movies are ways to get around network politics yeah. not necessarily as a way to reach a
2: larger audience andy uh in one thing which is uh with i'm just thinking of this from in terms of where a lot of this comes from in like manga like it, with co- comics i know that there's a lot about uh people waiting for a trade paperback to come out which is where all the issues of a comic are collected together and put in a nicely bound and cover and put out. Uh, and I was thinking maybe it's something similar to that with manga and uh, adaptations, that there's more of a, uh acceptance within a base of... These stories being compiled into a single uh, volume rather than being the this serialized media, and as as you were talking about, it's like those people who just watch the haiku movies and consume it that way, as like they're watching the the, tr- the trade paperbacks of of their those series. I've always been puzzled by when I'll, I'll, you see a, a movie and it's oh yeah, this is just the the everything from the season with slightly touched-up animation and no new material. And I'm like, pardon? Why? I I don't understand. Like, what, what 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 is the value of this? But I guess if you have people who uh, a if you have a uh, media environment where people are used to waiting and then consuming something in that manner then you've probably got a far bigger a base for it it also helps like as i say that movies can do some things which series can't just due to having yeah. lots more money um we'll, we'll talk more about it after the break but uh saikano's movie was notable for having massively better uh art than the, the series. The series pre- already already a fairly good looking
0: yeah. series, but yes, yeah. the 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 show is completely different. <laughs> the movie is completely different. Yeah, but well,
1: I, I also think that like, I guess the emotional arc you can have in a movie is a lot longer as opposed to the twenty five minute structure that you're dealing with. Especially yeah. if, it's, I guess, when you've got like I don't know breakups or final relationship ending moments, you'd want that played out over the long period as opposed to 25 minutes and like sort of working in a cliffhanger and then moving on to the next 25 minutes.
0: Yeah, I I would agree with that. But also like, I think that there's generally an expectation for a movie to cover about as much ground as a core of anime, like Mm. 12 or 13 episodes, which means that oftentimes um, the movie has more money and better production, but has to like move faster and do more. And a lot of times that, that really hurts it. I was expecting it to hurt it with a, expecting it to hurt it with Saikano but we'll talk about that later but I I think that it actually is one of the better instances of just like another season of anime as a movie as opposed to oftentimes finales seem like overdone or they're very drawn out or they or it's what Andy said of like why why was this guy never mentioned
2: before (laughs) like
0: yeah. Like anime movies have a bit have a, such a big problem of a guy being like, Hey, I'm here to help and they're like, Who are you? And he's like, I'm the most important guy in this world and and I'm leaving the planet at the end of this movie. <laughs> Goodbye.
1: See you later. They're putting
0: me on an island which, and I'm fine with that. Which
1: is so, which is I guess I wonder how this is gonna continue because you've got stuff now with like the Great Pretender and Netflix, I mean, again we're gonna talk about it after the break. But um that definitely came out, at least for us, it came out all in one block. So you could sit through the whole emotional arc within right? Like three hours, two hours, you know, in one go. And that isn't a movie worth. There was no need to turn... They could have turned that last six episodes into a movie. It was very possible, but they didn't. Well, you... you...
0: You see that a lot with prestige, with uh, especially like prestige dramas and comedies now built for streaming Mm -hmm. is that they don't really have like a beginning action, a rising action, a climax, a falling action, a conclusion. They're mostly just a bunch of stuff happens and then there's a cliffhanger to make you not stop watching at the end. Um, I think this is actually a lot of what hurt like Game of Thrones in late in like late era Show in addition to not having any material from the one person <laughs> with a head on their shoulders, but uh I don't want to get too partisan here no. uh, on, on my podcast. I mean, but... again,
1: but we're, we're not talking about anime, But I, I, I enjoyed Umbrella Academy's seasons <laughs> for exactly that, where it did manage to. Constantly, yeah, it's a so... it's a fucking
0: shoot, man. You can't get you can't crawl out. They're going to get <laughs> you to the to the end of those ten episodes, and it's just. You take a break when you can take a break,
1: and then you forget about it. And then you're like, "Oh yeah, no, I have, I have got one more episode of Stranger Things. Yes, I'll watch it. Never. <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah. So, do you guys have examples where you think it's worked worked well creatively, where they've done something unique? I mean, the obvious go to for who is in many ways the uh, the uh, Evangelion stuff with yeah. Um, end of it, either in particular, which is
0: funny because because End of Evangelion is literally just an externalized remake of the final two episodes, with with some caveats, of course.
2: Um, that change of perspective, yeah. though, I, is yeah. what? What's...
1: Yeah, I actually thought that, and I know everyone's going to hate me for this, but I thought two point two point two two. I think is, I think it's, a, I still think it's an excellent movie. I think that it completely. People were expecting just another remake and I was expecting another remake going in. And the fact that it didn't del- gave you that and delivered something completely different I thought was pretty fantastic. Well, yeah.
0: yeah. Um, no, I, I remember I literally remember my friend calling me over, it was it was during my year off but it was like I was home for the summer between junior and senior year of college and he's like, Hey, you know Evangelion? I'm like, yeah, I've watched a few episodes because this was, of course, I don't think, well, I, I watched Evangelion. Cool. <laughs> no, no, literally, I watched Evangelion when I was like home for Christmas, my senior year of college, because right. the only time I tried to watch, I hadn't torrented it because I didn't know what torrent to get. And of course I would never torrent. No. But uh, but no, uh, I, I'd i rented it from Blockbuster and they only had the first two volumes. <laughs> so, I, so I just watched it and I didn't really know. So I just watched it. Until like Shinji, like they're like Shinji. If you want to leave, you can just leave. It's like episode six. Yeah, and so he, and so he fucking leaves, and then that was the that was the end of the disc. And I was like, well, that's a weird show. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's diet. poetic in a way that 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 they're that they're like you don't have to be the hero. And he's like, great, all right, I'm out then. And then the, that's the end. Yeah. Goodbye. Great all of show. What a great show. But but no, I no I remember going into my friend. He's like, hey, you know Evangelion. They like. They're just making it as movies with a lot more money, and I watched it. I'm like, wow, this is a lot. This is a lot more, a lot more beautiful. And I had the cursed thought, the unforgivable thought of now I can just recommend that people watch the movie, <laughs> um, and that that changed pretty egregiously yeah. with a uh, with a uh, rebuild of Evangelion 2.0. But it was a very weird sensation there because usually anime doesn't go in for TV remakes. And if it does, there's a very, there's a very specific reason for it. Like the Berserk movies, um, doesn't go in for movie remakes or it's a weird thing with like ghost in the shell where like the movies are a separate continuity that draws upon. Yeah. It's complicated.
1: Yeah. I, I but, was, um, I was also given the similar spiel for Evangelion as well, where I was just told, I just watched the series and you'll understand the movie. So I did. And then, had my mind blown in Japanese because so, there was no subtitles. <laughs> I watched it in so, Japanese cinema. <laughs> oh Jesus!
2: Yeah. Apart from apart from Eva, uh, <laughs> come on, gentlemen.
0: What, what? Uh, okay, I, I have a, I have a couple of answers for this. Um, first, um, Eden of the East, the lesser Kenji Kamayama. Speaking of Ghost Michelle standalone complex, mm. Eden in Eden in the Eden of the East. Um, so I just spoke disparagingly of. It's a big episode. It's it's just like the movie. It's just like a big wacky episode where they have more money and they can do more shit and more can happen in one episode. But Eden of the East, I think, is the best of these examples where they have two seasons, two episodes, which are two movie episodes, which are The King of Eden and Paradise Lost, and they are big and bombastic and they do a lot better to cash in on the promise of Eden of, Eden of the East, a movie that a, a show that I do not particularly
1: like. Yeah, I've never. But heard in terms you of like. Speak positively about Eden of the East. <laughs>
0: I I I love to dump on Kenji Kenji Kamiyama's non-ghost in the shell stuff. You can hear me dump on Maribito at some other time when John's not around. <laughs> um but but uh no, I like in terms of just being like this big sweeping conspiracy with all of these people who've been like empowered with these cell phones that like literally let them they basically become like the nobility of of the entire world and they can ask for anything and it's the idea that they can get it and the only stops their powers or other people. And that was like decently realized in the, in the framework of a conspiracy thriller and the TV show, but in the movies, like shit happens, like 18 wheelers flip over and like assassin squads come in. It's very, it's very big and, and grand and hungry. And um, it made me not hate the show that much uh, according to my reviews, at least. Um, at, at the at the end, it felt kind of just like, well, we have to finish this fucking show, um, which is not always the best the best thing. Um, I also like the girls and Panzer movies because big expensive tank battles are good. I do not necessarily know if they're carrying forward the mantle of the story particularly well, but Girls and Panzer's story is ultimately optional. Oh, so... ben,
2: What a terrible thing to say about the, uh, the the trauma of a girl who almost drowned in a tank and all that jazz.
0: <laughs> you sound like a monster, Duncan.
1: Yeah, but that got resolved. That got resolved in the first season. Like she's fine. Yeah, she yeah. tank. that's the we'll point. Be,
0: that that's the that's the thing it's like it's the trigan problem of like this is a complete story why does there need to be a movie and the movie's for a movie to go in with like and some other stuff happened too. Uh, <laughs> is not always the best <laughs> is not always the best premise. And I think that Girls and Panzer like does well with it. It's not Kizumonogatari, But then again, that's the that's the uh the flashback movie. Yeah. Um yes. of which Kizumonogatari is the good example and Space Brothers number zero is the bad example, where I spent that whole movie being like, I already know this, I've already seen this, I already know why, this. Why did you I've watch already seen that? this? Why did you watch this? So I could complete. So I could completion it, Andy. I
1: could have just not com- com- completed. Hundred percented Space Brothers. Hundred
0: percented. Hundred percented. Three sixty no scope. Hundred percent achievements.
2: You, true MLG. Anime don't don't you, don't you take this away from me, Andy? <laughs> think, good, good. Before we leave, girls and Panzer, that's an interesting one because like the, f- the framework of of Taekwondo as as like this competitive sport is there's still going to be matches like if if yeah you can always have more matches and and they can always have a film about that well they've they've teased that there is college level with cold
0: war tanks (sighs) and adult level with modern tanks so like i think that those were originally inserted as like jokes of like it's the same as uh in upote how like uh elementary school girls are submachine guns And junior high girls are assault rifles and high school girls are battle rifles. It's this idea that like, there's just this weird escalation and they just made a joke. And then in the movies, like, Oh, we need more stuff. Well, we can have like one of the adult, we can have them play against a, uh, a, uh, a college team using post-World War II tanks. And like, that makes it more tense because they're using, frankly, better better tanks tanks that were literally designed to destroy the tanks that they're using um thanks to the arms escalation of world war ii but um it's dumb but like a lot of girls and panzers dumb girls yeah. and panzer get, gets by on heart and it's not hard to have heart in a sports anime even if it's a tank tank the <laughs> the deprecated duncan the deprecated term for tankery um which they decided for a much more boring and less funny name. I like tankery. Sure. It's it's a, it's a nice word, but I, I, I know how much you dislike it. <laughs> ta- ta- tankery sounds like they're doing pranks in tanks, is what it sounds like to me. It's like, what's all this tankery? Cut it out now. <laughs> uh, and my last thing, and then someone else can go, um, besides Saikano, my last one is uh, the Pat Labor movies, uh, uh, which I think yes. are a bit more in the Ghost in the Shell vein of just high-quality techno-thrillers that happen to be associated with your Mm. pre-existing, kind of, like, near-future techno-thriller setting. I don't know. All three Pat Labor movies are amazing. Even um, Pat Labor, W13, as I think it's supposed to be called, Mm -hmm. WXIII, or Wixie. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Even that one, which is literally just a... It's just like a noir movie where there's two cops like investigating weird shit surrounding the Pat Labor like organization. But like all of them are good. And it's just like cool stories happening in the world that they've already created, which is a hard thing to hard thing to thread. Because as I said before, it can shade into, oh, yeah, more stuff happened. Um, This guy's the president of some organization we've never talked about. He's really important, though. Pay attention to him. Mm. He's not going to die. Totally. He's not going to die at the end of this thing.
1: I promise. Any, any original character is gonna survive and be important. To me.
0: But I guess, <laughs> yeah, like fucking, fucking, fat, fat, fucking Sacred Star of Milos with the Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, which is a movie that you like, Andy, and I hate because it's literally just like here's a bunch of made up characters. They're all gonna go away now.
1: I don't so know. We... What are you Full Metal Alchemist? I never watched it.
0: The Full Metal Alchemist movie. No, no, we have no. you on tape of that you liked it when
2: I talked about it. Bullshit. Bullshit. I don't. Maybe it was maybe it was John. So maybe it was John. I'd just like to comment on Pat Labor before we go go too much into movies which Andy has not watched. Because yes. <laughs> um, I, I
0: did forget that Andy never watches anime. That's true. I, um, dude, so I, I was hit? just going to
2: say, like <laughs> with Pat Labor, uh, you could yes. it would be that okay. At, at the, what if they bring in this incredibly important character who uh, no one has ever t- seen before, and they do that but he's also dies in the first scene of the the f- film. <laughs> and so that's true. I, I think that that was actually a really interesting little subversion. And even in the, the, the film, which follows, like it's, it's a, it's a slowly unfolding s- set of events. They're trying to stop like mm-hmm. uh, this conspiracy, which has been started and which will almost go ahead without its instigators. Um, uh, whatever his wishes are now, it's just this conspiracy, which is now a thing of its own. And yeah. th- that was like both in, uh, an interesting framing device for for a longer show for Pat Labor. Like the the difference between a short Pat Labor episode, where that obviously it's it's the case of the week. It's like we, it's got to be tied up all in in the the space of thirty minutes. Whereas I think. Certainly, perhaps, I, I certainly the second film I think like doesn't really tie it up. It's it's like, he, yeah they sort of diffuse the the huge uh, rig in the center of Tokyo Bay which is full of mechs which are going to smash up the entire uh, thing. But yeah, certainly in the third one where you have like this massive conspiracy e- e- going on, and yeah they they stop it that particular action but they don't really defuse it it's still they're at far more ambiguous endings than the the than you can actually get away with in a shorter show no i agree and i think that also that doesn't hurt to be have it be
0: like if it's a police or military based show i think that also like there's a lot more comfort in showing that the system is just broken and that there was a leak and they plug the leak, but the water's still waiting there behind the dam. Yeah, and I think that that builds the techno thriller atmosphere, especially for uh, Masamune Shiro inspired works uh, that aren't porn related, where there is like this idea of a of a fundamentally broken government with these with these large competing jurisdictions where there is gray area between them. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes these movies are about both in ghost in the shell and in Pat labor about people stumbling on the gray area, but they can't fix it. They're at best. They're a Lieutenant in charge of a, of an armored mobile patrol unit. Yeah. Um, but I do think that, yeah, like those are really interesting because they do, they do flesh out the world and they do, they do let you see things that are off the curtain of the stage that will never come on stage. Um, until they've decided they need to end it or they'll get impatient and reboot it and then make those things front and center. And the result is bad. <laughs> Ghost in the Shell uh, uh, arise. But, um, but, but I do, I do like those. And I do think that like, there are some people I know who are frustrated that like Ghost in the Shell, the movie and Ghost in the Shell 2 Innocence aren't part of the continuity. Um, but I appreciate that they exist to show how robust the fictional world is and how, how many stories can be told there and what tone of stories can be told there. Because I think also tone problems are something that movies often Mm. really struggle with. Um, and it was something I was worried about with Saikano. And I think that Saikano, the Saikano movie actually has a much, a much like more genuine and serious tone than the TV show does. Having gone back to look at a couple of episodes, Mm. which are a lot more horny, horny harem fan service. But, um, but I, but sometimes the tone works because you buy that, like, this is the end of the story and things need to get real. And sometimes the tone doesn't work because uh, it's Uro Yatsura and there's no tone control. Yeah. And the first one is just, like, a goofy bride kidnapping thing. And then the second one is a, is a what's-his-face, an Oshi-directed existential drama about being trapped in a pocket dimension where there's no time.
2: Yeah. So I think that one interesting little thing just from going off from Saikano is, like... Psychonauts kind of is a series which is like all about v, v, v novels and like the I think like the that the existence of that genre and its popularity in Japan and the not really being an equivalent in the West at the same level of success is mm-hmm. really interesting because that in itself has really really strongly reinforces the idea of alternate continuities and so yeah. that's why you've got like a dozen different continuities for Fate and uh, like if it, well, Fate has t- Or or even Ori Emo with
0: his just like true ending OVAs and movie or OVAs which aren't quite movies but are intended in the spirit of movies but yes. Ori Emo's too gross to get a movie. I was gonna say I wouldn't so... want to go
1: to a cinema to see Ori Emo <laughs>
0: <laughs> Yeah God. I, I'd rather take another showing in the Konosuba movie <laughs> chamber and watch people who paid money to see Ori Emo in theatres but yeah, no alternate continuities. That's another realm that we haven't touched yet. Uh, do you think? Can you think of any other examples I mean, beyond
2: the the one I was going to talk? I was going to say is like uh, Eureka Seven was, uh, oh, and as, as you said, as you mentioned, the Full Metal Alchemist uh, going popping mm. off into a little uh, pocket dimension. Yes, uh, yes, and I I think it's the yeah. There is like you can see it as an opportunity to have fun with the tropes of the characters in a uh, environment with no lasting consequences, but that can make them very trivial and, and cut down on audience investment. So it's, it's a really difficult line to, to draw for anyone making that. So I don't know. It's, I think it's like an interesting that they exist, but I'm not sure there's that many amazing examples of it. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I literally filtered
0: my big anime spreadsheet by movie, and I'm gonna quickly scroll through it while Andy talks.
1: I was gonna say, I think. I think this is the sort of the slight problem with having a movies that are in any way related to the source material is that there is going to be a precedent of people who are not gonna watch it, um, and there's a precedent of people who are mm-hmm. like, the anime series is 24 episodes, 12 episodes, it, it, and that is what you. expect what you'd watch, but then the time commitment to sit down and watch an hour and a half or like an hour and 10 movie, it somehow feels different in a weird way. And whilst Kimetsu no Yaiba is an exception um, to prove the rule,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I think that, I think that if I was told to sort of be like, Oh yeah, I mean, you can watch, you can watch this anime, but you have to then like watch the movie before you then get into the third part. Like for the third <laughs> season, I'll be like, eh, I don't know whether I can really be bothered to watch that. And, and the idea, it, it's this weird sort of like split where it's like, I guess people want movies do really well for sales and production; they can dedicate a lot more time to a movie. But then you don't want and to, a good publicity and great publicity. But then, I guess there's maybe like a a disconnect between how that's viewed and then also how like the animators and how the overall creators are viewing their works is sort of like, well, how is that tying into the manga? and Why would I want a movie on top of that? That is relevant, but it can't then, mm. do you know what I mean? It's, it's just weird. Like, no, I disconnect. understand. <laughs> well, r-
0: real quick. The only, the only movie that's really good, that truly inhabits a alternate reality, in my opinion, is the Revolutionary Girl Utena movie, which we will be covering in a forthcoming tween someday. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I don't talk about it too detailed, but...
1: But that's an exception to the rule, right? Like, this is, I'm well, saying that, that, that is literally...
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, Revolutionary Girl Utena, the adolescence of Utena, is a movie which is literally just a remix a, a heavy paring down and remix of the of the show to kind of just like it, it's for people who are not going to watch the main series I feel like because I know a lot of people who have I've gotten into Utna and they've watched it and they've watched it all the way through and then they like uh, oh and then the movie is like the real finale and then they're like I understand why is why is toga her prince now and why do they turn into cars at the end and all this and it's like oh yeah it's a it's a an alternate retelling of the same events broadly um i think uh the Escaflone movie uh Escaflone, a girl and guy in a girl and guy is also just like a brutally cut down version of the of the tv show story um same that is then recut into a movie
1: same with the movie kenshin right though. but not but not.
0: Yeah, to some extent, yes. <laughs> okay. It's not. It's not. I mean, well, like the Escaf- Escaploni is literally just like a reanimated, heavily, heavily abridged reanimated version of the TV show. While I think that the Roni Kenshin, are we talking about trust and betrayal? Are kind yeah. of like a matched set of prequel and sequel, technically OVAs, although they have been sold as movies. Although I'm not sure if that's just because some American distributors are afraid of the word OVA and that will scare people away. And so they just call it movies because dumb Americans will believe that a 20 minute thing is a movie. If you tell them it is, I don't know, (laughs) but, but but yeah, there is, there is a tendency. it's, It's really weird to see how different anime producers decide whether or not to treat the movie as an extension of their existing fiction and a way to energize and mobilize existing fans, or a way to either draw in new fans or even just tell you you don't have to watch the TV show you don't have to set your set your box to record it when it airs at one in the morning. uh just come to this movie. it'll have everything you need. you don't need to worry about anything else, I promise um, or for them to, to do the dual feature with a recap to try to get the same come in but but still treat that their source material is important so I don't know. Anime movies are weird. I always have a weird feeling when I find out that an anime has a movie finale or a movie spinoff or a movie side story. Um, I have not managed to watch. Speaking of 100% completion, no scope. I have not managed to watch all the Bleach movies. They get really bad.
1: Yeah, I've, uh, I've not watched the Kyo movie. I've not watched. Oh, uh, the Kyo movie is good.
0: You'd like the Kyo movie?
1: I'm sure I would, but it's just it's that sort of. That mental, I guess I can I can dedicate twenty five. Is minutes. it a
0: bigger time commitment too? Yeah,
1: it's that time commitment thing that is like yeah. I guess yeah. is why people are not like if you're watching One Piece, for example, that's twenty five minutes a week that you have to watch of the same show
0: for the rest of your life. But
1: yeah, um, <laughs> uh, which was yeah um, hard, and then to be like oh, by the way, you know you got like fifteen, sixteen movies and and they're all. Like related, I'll be like, I'm checking out, no thanks. And but then to be like Andy,
0: it's so easy though. Just 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 watch just watch one a week for four months.
1: (laughs) You'll be fine. (laughs) It'll be absolutely fine. And (laughs) the weird thing is is there's the two that well the one that has got a tie in, which is the gold one, is actually quite a good movie. Like it's a really fun movie that that channels what's great about One Piece, but then also like has characters that you're never going to see again but it doesn't matter because it's fucking one piece and then like uh, yeah and-
0: one piece already has characters you're never going to see again.
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly so it was actually like a really good movie and then the other one which is the the weird thing where it was slightly an ova slightly a movie that me and john actually talked about in one of our earlier tweens uh 3d 2y mm-hmm. um where they sort of explained what happens in an <laughs> arc like in a in a split between uh Like the massive like parts of One Piece before the in like the whole show, Uh, and that was fun, but ultimately completely unnecessary because you don't really care about Luffy's training regimen. When uh, if the mangaka doesn't give a fuck about how he managed to get so power powerful, why should you? Like that's sort of I guess what I'm trying to get at. but it was yeah. fun. It was a fun, like... But that, take, but that
0: takes more buy-in. I mean, can you imagine someone walking into that movie as their first One Piece experience? What do you think they would they would feel? <laughs>
1: complete confusion. And same with, like, any other... But yeah. I think also with, like, a Shonen show, there's that sort of feeling that it's for kids still, like, young... And then there's the mom yeah. who's just like, well, it's Christmas or summer, or, like, it's usually aimed around some sort of general holiday. Um, and they're like, it will shut the kids up for an hour and a half. So I'll just uh, i just take him in, um, and I roughly know because I've been forced to watch some One Piece what it's about. So yeah, I guess I can sit and enjoy an hour and a half of One Piece uh, and not really care. So it's weird. Yeah. Weird. Final thoughts,
2: Duncan. I think I think it's like if nothing else else. When I've my experience of One Piece movies is basically only seeing really cool gifs from them, and so if nothing else, anime movie adaptions have given us some amazing little bits of, of animation to look at and go, "Ooh,
1: pretty." But well, yeah, but that slightly irritates me a little bit as, like, a, I guess a, <laughs> a diehard fan, where they will have like Luffy doing or like Naruto movies this a lot where he'd have like this crazy ass like move where he'd get like eight Risengan's all together to make a super Risengan and just like this is like a fucking game-breaking attack that Naruto has done in this potential fiction why is that now not coming out into the manga like the real like into the other side the, manga- uh, the gets- special move yeah so weird yeah, the shit special- like well, that <laughs>
0: thankfully in in more grounded shows that doesn't happen as as much like there's no super tank in girls in panzer that never i mean well
2: Ben, come on
0: (laughs) that's a a real tank duncan that's a real tank
2: it's 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 literally
0: it's literally not a made-up super triple uh, i'm not sure
2: it was an ever produced
0: tank ben well, I mean, this is a world where people live on, on aircraft carriers. I yes. think
1: you're making also, you can't, ex- can't, excuses here.
0: Nah, nah.
1: You can't nah, say nah, that nah. a triple Viseggun's made up when the whole concept of Viseggun's are uh, completely made up anyway. So that insane. <laughs> but the fact that it doesn't feed into the main, like, core, I guess, law and the core world is very frustrating uh, for movies. So I guess is why they're trying to do something different with the Kimetsu no Yaiba <laughs> movie. But I, I think. I haven't read this train arc, but I think the thing is is that it can fit quite well because it's a small arc, but really important. So it needs that emotional um, grasping. And I don't know what that fucking is. That's all I fucking hear. Mm. I can't wait to watch it. I'm dying to watch it.
2: (laughs) One final thought. Do we know of any reverse <laughs> examples? Films which have been took and broken up into a series, or I know that I know films that have inspired anime
0: films that have inspired a sequel series. The one that comes most to mind is oh, slash yeah, Blood slash Blood Plus slash Blood Sea. These are unfortunately pretty mediocre, yeah, vam- like ver- vam- vampire paranoia thriller movies. Yeah. Although Blood, the, the original Blood, The Last Vampire, is about a a, a girl vampire. Killing people with a
2: katana in Vietnam. So take that as you will. <laughs> Here is just like okay. Here's very well animated uh, 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 supernatural sword fighting. And then do you want
0: to watch a do you want a, a, a school a Japanese schoolgirl kill giant bats giant Batmen with a not Batman like Christopher <laughs> Nolan yeah. but like men who are bats man bats. Uh, I would watch <laughs> with it. a katana. Great. We have an hour and twenty minutes that you will be satisfied. <laughs> The only The only thing I can think of, and then you find out it's a military conspiracy, and they have like military vampires, and blah blah blah, and it becomes so much worse. so
1: sounds bad. I mean, I think the only thing that I uh, can think of, which is kind of close is there's a lot of OVAs that have turned into full-fledged seasons, mostly I think in time of mm. Eve, and that had a thing I can't remember what the previous one was called, but it was the same one as like Pell Cocoon. Uh, like the same director and sort of feel to that, and then the other one was um, Death Parade. I felt what that it was, oh yeah, yeah oh, so well, that's well,
0: well, that's also like those are from an- anim- those are from like animation festivals yeah. where you like submit like a short o v a and then those get picked get noticed and get picked up. It's very rare for people to put a lot of money into a movie and then spin off from that, I guess like Jinro had a live action series mm-hmm. that was spun off from the movie, but beyond, and there's a lot of live action stuff that's spun off from all sorts of anime. Too. so there's that, but, but that's
1: that that's that multi-formatting.
0: Yeah, that's that's that that's the transmedia
1: like, um, instincts of March, Japanese. March comes in like a lion. Uh, has two movies, um, which are live action.
0: Yeah, Chihiro got got live action movies. Yeah. It's, everything got live action movies. It's especially funny when it's a when it's an ugly girl in the anime and then they just cast like a perfectly normal idol as, as the live action Uh, counterpart, (laughs) like, like, like print, like princess jellyfish has it. And she just, she looks beautiful. She's one of the most beautiful people I've ever seen. She's not a, she's not an ugly duckling at all. It's, it's wild. It's
1: it's that. Um, Yeah. It's that weird thing where it's like, but they come for the seiyus and and the idols and they can't look ugly. You make them look ugly, then why would you want to watch
2: that? Like, yeah, Part of me wants to watch the Kakaguri TV series just to see people attempting to pull off weird facial expressions.
0: They'll do, they'll do like weird rack zooms. That's what, that's what Japanese live action TV likes. It's like weird, like Dutch angles and rack zooms. Could I imagine
1: or... a prison high school live action anime? Uh,
0: I wish you did. I don't know, prison high school. Oh, live action is the is the fourth suggestion. Uh, I, yes, there's an official
2: trailer. I mean, there's a live-action mob psycho, so nothing's so good. <laughs>
1: well, yeah, like, but the characters, of, the characters of Prison High School... But it's, like, is so really hyper- porny, isn't it?
0: Is yeah, it's
1: porny! So Pri- and it, you can't get away with that with live... I mean, maybe you can, but it's, like... If they did a live-action of Prison High School, I, I imagine it would be porn, because, Jesus Christ, it's such a horny show. Also well great,
0: Andy but... Andy, it's nine episodes that aired in from twenty in late twenty fifteen, so it's up to you. Here's here's the poster. It's time for you to cry.
1: <laughs> it's just like when you have a girl character who's got the whole point is that she's got massive fucking tits. And I'm just like, how are you gonna ever how's that ever gonna work? I don't know. Like Yeah uh, she she
0: she just she's wearing a push up bra it's literally all that thing is, is she's wearing a push up bra yeah. she has perfectly no, perfectly normal cleavage and she's wearing a push up <laughs> bra
1: it's it's strange it's strange uh, it's strange that a show like Andy you
0: should Andy you should submit live action adaptations of anime to our list of discussion topics maybe it'll pop up sometime <laughs> so um we Get kind of a mixed verdict on anime movies. Uh, Love them or hate them, we're going to have to live with them. Uh, So, speaking of, let's leave and then come back and we'll watch Great Pretender, the uh, streaming series that may be the new successor to anime movies. And then we'll also talk about a good old fashioned anime movie, Saikano How to Raise a Boring (laughs) (laughs) Girlfriend, Flat. Or wait, Flat's the second season. Fuck. How to Raise a Boring Girlfriend, Fine.
1: No, it's done it's, in, it's incomprehensible. At least, it's really not, at least it's
0: not working. Where it's just like an increasing number of exclamation points. K.O.N. did that too. I love it. Uh, did
1: Working have a movie? No. Because uh, remember the second to last episode? There was that whole like teaser? And it might have been an April Fool's where it was like a, a fantasy world.
0: No, it was. It was just a joke, and it was. Yeah. It was to drum up support for www.working which was not worth that yeah. excitement. Uh, anyway, let's take a break. We are talking about the second season of The Great Pretender, am I correct? I haven't followed the show besides (laughs) what we've talked about on the podcast. It depends
2: if we use the, which numbering we use. Like, some sites Mm. are numbering it as like a continuation and others are just treating... I think Netflix itself treats it as season 2 and since it's been distributed through it, I think it's fine. And this whole... Um, nine episodes is has a single name which is The Wizard of the Far East um, I shouldn't scoff at that I'm sorry I apologise oh it it, it, it certainly <laughs> plays into that because yeah. get ready to meet Oz and Dorothy oh Jesus uh I didn't put that together actually. Wait, is is this isn't this like the
1: like scam artist show? Yeah, why is there a so, Wizard of Oz parody of it? This so, is Scrubs, but it isn't. Like, so you're right. I, thanks for mentioning that. I didn't put that together. That that's why she was called Dorothy. Um, but yes, <laughs> it is. I I just I mostly skipped the titles. <laughs> I was just like, on to the great show. Um, I actually think this is maybe the best net well this is for me the best netflix show that has been on net anime that's been on netflix like original anime i know that we were mm-hmm. before the podcast talking about uh devil man for you being the best but i think that the ending of great pretender is absolutely flawless i think uh you and my main complaint with the first season where it was like this was enjoyable but after the first so the first season is 3 heists Uh, all played over four episodes and I was like, this is great. Uh, I enjoyed them all, but I felt that by the second one, the the game was up for me. I understood that it was like all these stakes were irrelevant and anything, anything that I see visually, I know that there is always another thing that's happening that I can, um, I will be like, they're fine. Everything will be okay. Nothing to worry about. Um, and that was true, like, and but, and then what they decided to do instead was to focus more on the characters for every heist, and every heist be relevant to one of the main characters of the show. Um, and the last arc is all about Laurent, who is the sort of the head honcho of the con artist group, the Lupin of the team. Uh, as you delve into his backstory with a, a girl called Dorothy, who is sort of how he gets into the scam business. Um, and then it also introduces, like you've mentioned, a person called Oz, um, as well as also uh, And I think that's it. And then also the people that they're trying to scam, which in this case is a Japanese Yakuza ring of... Um,
2: I thought they were Chinese uh, mafia, not Japanese. Nope.
1: Oh well, I guess there's uh, there's so, a Ch-
2: Japanese and a Chinese branch. There is a Japanese yeah.
1: and a Chinese branch, but the Chinese branch stemmed from the Japanese, mm-hmm. um, and that was actually And that's the source of conflict. Yeah, uh, which was the sort, of, and um, so then so that and they had the lovely uh, the lovely job of child train of uh, child smuggling and selling, which. Is a very if I feel that there was any point to it, I felt that the whole child smuggling thing highlighted how horrible it was, but then also I felt never really got addressed. There was something at the end which was sweet, um, but I and sort of like some throwaway thing where it's like they're all fine, but then you've also like the amount of time that goes on between um, between this sort of arc. And the flashback, We're talking about decades here of potential children being sold off and everybody's kind of okay with that? Which mm. is
2: weird. Well, Anime has a, a the tendency of like if it wants to do mafiosos, there's this as one of two crimes they do. One, people smuggling, two drugs. And yeah. and in this case it, they decided to go with people smuggling. It's, it was, it's, it's like...
1: not people, it's children. Okay, it's but... literal kids. And there's some really like heartbreaking stuff in there where the kids are like... They try to... like One of the first things that Makoto tries to do is tries to break them out. Um, and then they're all like, what's the point? We're not going to go anywhere. Like, Why would I bother escaping? Like, My parents have sold me off.
2: Like, I think that's where maybe there is... Is maybe what it's trying to do is if you've all, or if you think you've already been betrayed by your family so a member of your family where do you find the uh motivation to go on on living when you can't feel like you can't trust anyone which plays into what um is going on with um uh Ed and his father to a degree
1: yes. and, but it's uh, Ed like, <laughs> not his name, Ed Murder. <laughs> you can't call him Ed. That sounds like he's British. I was going to say before we get into the specifics, um so the overall greatness I thought was that um when you watched when I was watching this fourth season, I, I was already thinking like everything's going to be fine, and then the show in a really great sort of con way convinced me of a reality, and then at the end managed to change it. And I was like, oh, oh, OK, that's really cool. And then so the last episode is is the big con come in quotation mark gets pulled off. And then the next, the episode, the last episode is um the actually how they pulled it off, which is a great sort of double babble ending. And uh, it really, really, really worked to its strengths. And it really sort of showed that. The show is actually pretty fucking clever. It has it has some ridiculous sort of ending stuff as well, but I really loved it. I really, really, really enjoyed it. And I guess now we can go and delve into some of the better, sort of the new cast that we see. Like Dorothy, I just think, as far as black representation goes in anime, she's really fucking strong. Like, she's not over-sexualized. She doesn't... She might have slightly fatter lips than other like, black characters than other normal characters, but I thought that was kind of fine. I just thought she was an absolutely great character who was really confident, really fun, and just, like, utterly convincing and uh, really great. What did you think, Duncan, about Dorothy?
2: I think, like, she is a character who exists and is well-fleshed out and sympathetic and who is also black. And that, in itself, Japanese anime... Is a big plus because, like, for them for her not to be just a, a, a gag on her ethnicity, he being like half of the reason she exists. Like, I said, th- like, possibly the worst example I can think of that is um, Durarara and uh, their black Russian, yeah, because yeah, like that's that's just like such a bad joke, and like he's such a a, a like he's, he's he gets fairly sympathetic lines, but uh, the way he's treated by a lot of other people is like not sympathetic any, at all. Yeah,
1: Simon gets no reprise or no. He is literally just there as just well, like funny gag. I can't speak English. Daijobu.
0: I mean, I, th- I think it's I think it's even worse than that because they at the very end of the original season of Dora um What's his face? The like information broker dude who that, John likes. It's uh, 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 Yeah, Isaiah uh, talks to him in Russian and then expresses shock that Simon's not like doesn't speak in a pidgin broken version of Russian. That He's actually quite eloquent and perceptive in his native language. It's very much uh, it is very much just like, oh, yeah, we've been doing this on purpose. We've been letting you think that Simon's an idiot just because he can't speak Japanese well. And I think that's generally something that probably a lot of people fall into. I don't know. Anyway, that, that was a digression.
1: But Dorothy yeah, but... Is, is none of yeah. that. She's smart, she's clever, and they don't even... The only time they bring up the, like, the colour of her skin is literally when it's used to perform a heist. Against...
2: Yeah, that, that that's one... The fact that both her and Abby... Uh, both of the people of colour who are represented in the show are women, and both of them are used in in copy, literally copycat um, heists as damsels who pretend to be princesses from their sort of... Uh, their oligarch... No, their, the, the royalty of their backward countries who are going to be, like... who... Yeah, uh, it just that I, it set felt, a little, little icky with me. To eat. It like it felt it's, a
1: little icky. Uh, yeah, but it was also felt very much like, um, I guess it was kind of, uh, Lawrence sort of justice in a way of of him trying to pull the same stunt twice. and yeah. working against the same. But, support.
2: but the fact that the that's still what we see on you know we still see the either the the two non-white people being exotic is ex- ex- exoticized and uh, uh, shown off, and that does a disservice to to Dorothy because, like, when we actually meet her as a character, a lot of the time she's she's very engaging and uh, uh, she has the sort of charisma you'd expect to be able to create Lawrence in his present incarnation. Like how he's how he go like we always we always expected we'd see at some point him going from naivete to his current, like, uh, very all knowing mastermind yeah, behind was, everything. Was
1: the whole thing with the ring that was sort of, yeah. Used at in the ending of the accident ending with the cats, as well as like, um, the occasional shots where he's like holding a ring, that's like on a, neck, a, around him, uh, a necklace, a necklace he wears all the time. Yeah. It turns out to be Dorothy's lucky eye, I- I guess I'd also, I guess to disservice of a black character, you know how it's going to end. Like, it doesn't end well for her, um, which is sad. Uh, Mm. But I felt Mm. that his motivation then to move on to the final art, I thought was just really good. I felt felt that um, every, the only bad thing I didn't like was the way that Makoto, like, Makoto is like roped in again to another heist, and it's kind of fun how that he like the first episode was him being roped in and then realizing that it's all been like inception based plank plans by uh Laurent to get him in involved in this mafia gang um but still slightly like his transformation over the six episodes are really are the bit largest as well um as well as also with Oz which is actual father who again we find out is sort of a long con and the biggest downside is that Makoto just didn't get anything told to him because they feel that if they did then he would ruin the game
2: I've, I've stopped at episode 6 and you've, you've finished um, but uh, just to talk about uh, his 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 father a little bit um, Seiji Ozaki so Oz yeah. as Oz for short Um the proverbial, all of it, as we, we are, I want to say, Wizard of the Far East. <laughs> um, so he is... It's a, His reintroduction is interesting because how we see him in the first half of the, the series is this is the man who abandoned uh, Edomara and his mother who both said to... who left this woman suffering of anemitis we we don't know exactly what um we yeah. um and his child to and who constantly talked about justice but was arrested for being in a child smuggling ring um and then we meet him again and so Edomar... Uh, uh, tries to basically re- rehabilitate his dad by that he meets him again where his dad's at, His dad has since his release from jail um, gone and become an interpreter for the Chinese mafia, and Chinese Ed me-
1: branch of the same mafia.
2: Yeah, and military. Ed Ed meets him while acting as interpreter for the Japanese half, and he basically. He instigates a mini plot of his own to break the children out and to run away with his dad and uh, Abby, who's been uh, acting like the princess again. Um, and he is seemingly betrayed by his dad. And yeah,
1: the, the running... The second time he gets betrayed by his dad. Yeah.
2: Uh, and the running theme... We see then is Abby noticing that Edmer is acting differently he's smoking just like the all the all the uh, mafia people do he's acting more and more like them and so i th- thought for a while what they were were playing on the like what you will talk- talk about uh deep cover agents just starting to become more and more like their getting used to the perks of their their lifestyles in in these roles and becoming more and more acclimatized to what they have to do to fit in by being these, doing all these petty acts of cruel, cruelty, or just by inaction allowing things to happen, which I think is certainly something which even if you consider from what we have known so far, even if you consider Ed's dad to be, um, not actively causing. M- m- the Chinese mafia to be more evil. He's certainly not stopping them from doing all the many bad things they are doing. And so we find Ed in a situation with the Japanese mafia uh, where he is essentially slowly drifting into the same thing. He's found this mother figure in the, in the boss of the, the Japanese mafia. And he's, he's sort of slowly, but surely, uh, uh, been drawn to her after his uh, father uh, abandoned him, and he, you, that would have been quite interesting. That so much of Edmure's condemnation of his dad is that, oh, uh, how could you preach justice and become a criminal? And it, it's interesting to to have them like pause for a while. Well, maybe becoming a criminal isn't something that that happens in one big flash. Maybe it's it's basically something which you slowly become acclimatized to and sadly at the moment i i i was i left it it looked like they were very much pulling back from investigating that further and going to a more conventional uh, story but i was just like having one of these characters not end up whiter than white, not end up untarnished, I thought was might be an interesting thing. Because you, you so often in capers, which this is definitely part of that sort of genre. You so often end up with them being, oh, they're 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 really innocents. They just do this for the thrill and just for to, and they only do it like. Dorothy makes a point of saying we don't kill and we only rob bad people, um, and like for Edamura to be sort of undermining that or or thinking he's he has undermined that, like when uh, he he thinks he has shot his dad, that that was a really interesting line for it to take and for him to just. Get out of it again, Scot Free, is not with no tarnish upon his soul, is feels like a cop-out to me, but I'll have to watch the final three episodes and find out if that's true.
1: Yeah, I mean it's an interesting paradigm that you've given, and certainly like there's a there's a space of two months between this confrontation where they failed a um they failed an escape and then Habby and uh Abby gets shot by um Oz as well as Abby and Cynthia both get shot by Oz off a boat and then Oz and then um and then yeah and then Edamurda shoots Oz because he's they've he's betrayed him and he's actually the change that has happened is not like he thought that he was a changed person, actually this was all sort of, like deep undercover and he could trust him, but it turns out that he couldn't. Um, and yeah, this was, uh, that was, and then the thing, and then, yeah, like two months passed in mm. his world and he you could really see the emotional weight that two months passed for then not Cynthia or Abigail, the people that he really wanted to see to appear and tell them that everything's okay, but actually Oz to be there instead was, I think like a really Smart choice because it it meant it showed that actually there's um you know like everything's fine but you're still having the confrontation with the person that you didn't want to have um but then i also feel that like you said that that relationship that he has with the um mafia the head of the mafia um suzaku i think her name is
2: yeah Uh, that he's that she likes she's got I think there's like this moment where she has a um, a cat That's mug. Exactly. Yeah, she has a cat mug, and his his mum always is liked cats, and they're they're reoccurring motive in the in the film, and like he he get, gets her a a sort of I think it's like a porcelain in cat good. I'm not sure if it's a good luck charm or something. Says so just yeah, hold so it in the palm of your hand.
1: The other the other thing I guess part of his work is that he always buys a gacha, like a gacha ball thing and one of the toys was like a cat section and he gave her one so similar it. to that he does yeah. her mother, which was a very strong indication that he has viewed her as a mother figure. Um but that is sadly never really dealt into that much um for the last of the episode. Okay. Uh it is certainly a there is certainly try to be and I do think that's a, a shame. There certainly tries to be some sort of potential conflict, uh internal conflict with Mac with Edamura that you Just don't see and that is all pretended and it is all like suggested by other people like Abby, but you don't really delve into it, which I do think is actually a a lost like thinking about it now, I do feel that is a lost sort of thing that happens, like a lost a lost thread. But um the overall sort of strength of the story is still so great that I I don't think it really matters but i do think okay. there's definite darkness in that last arc that is not really just addressed which definitely to its detriment but i feel overall i just really loved the series as a whole and i felt that the last arc like the last when especially when it reached the final throes of the quote-unquote heist was absolutely incredible i don't know how um much sort of that that boat mm. betrayal was planned i don't think it was
2: yeah that 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 scene on the boat and and the boat itself is like some of the most beautiful animate and anim, just incredibly beautifully animated stuff like they've there's this sort of uh style they use for the backgrounds which they've been using throughout and mm. like occasionally they move it to the vehicles as well like and with the boat itself like having it broken up into not not being like this typical oh we're just going to do a, a CGI boat but having like all the different colors being reflected off off the sea onto its hull and just like mo- these like colors moving around it's just it's incredibly beautiful um
1: it and
2: is. i think like if the first half of the sea first half of it was a really good looking show this second half is an incredibly good looking show um it's and similarly yeah, when they it, cut
1: that... to when they cut to Suzaku eventually. I don't know if you have gotten to Suzaku's mansion yet, I think you have. yeah like the tonal shift between Suzaku when it pops to her mansion, like all of the shading is blue, similar to sort of Zaku's um I guess character and heart of being a very cold woman and very icy and very like impenetrable, apart from Famakoto, yeah. which he, he just like showed a lot of like love, motherly love to.
2: Yeah. Yeah, we're told she lost a son and I wondered if they were gonna explore that more, but it sounds like from what you said they don't.
1: They don't, no. Um and I guess I guess they just used it as sort of a reason why Makoto um was becoming popular. And actually, I mean I was saying that they don't really um do a sort of delve much into the internal conflict that Makoto was having. You definitely thinking about the final finale there is definitely a bit where you think it could go one way or the other but um you know that i also was just like ah it's not gonna go but it will be amazing if it did <laughs> uh, so yeah but i i really really loved the series it's just it was just like all over great it, it really managed to convince me of um a plot line and a through line which i guess was makoto's sort of like betrayal of the confidence men. Then got revealed at the end to not be a betrayal at all. Booing! Sorry for spoiling it there, but I should have really <laughs> seen it coming. Uh, but the way, but you know that it's a, it just just shows how well thought and considered. It's, I do think it's really really would recommend anyone. It's now like one of those shows where people are like, what anime do you recommend that I can watch uh, and you know enjoy and is also on Netflix. It's not even It's now going to be The Great Pretender.
2: Yeah, it's certainly more more mainstream. It's a more more palatable uh plot than many anime. It's not uh, a load of cute girls riding around in tanks. No matter how how great that may be, it's not something most Western audiences are prepared to introduce to their palette of of things. Whereas a, a heist heist series, well, yeah, they're used to that. It's something which are. Yeah. And I think like maybe people will watch this and see some of the things that anime can do uniquely in a, a format they're familiar with. So it's 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 maybe one of the best um, uh, starter animes for people. Like because lo- I think a lot of time when when we talk about oh what's a what's a great show to sh- show for someone to watch who's never watched an, an anime like we'll always tend to talk about things which we think are open but are actually still fairly engrossed in the whole of anime's various tropes and uh, uh genres. Whereas this yeah. is very much a uh, a genre a lot of people are familiar with and plays it without many of the the tropes that anime likes. So I think it's yeah it's it's uh you're right to say it would make a great um first anime for someone not not just on Netflix, but just great first anime
1: yeah i i don't know how much of sort of what people what we love in anime maybe will make them want to explore it more but i definitely think that as far as safe mm. first picks you couldn't go much wrong with great um i think people will always be a bit awkward when there's drawn nudity but if it's <laughs> if you but i think the way that it's presented sort of like a bond sort of like a high thing where Like Bond's plenty sexy enough, so I guess yeah. It's not like I guess fetishized. Yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah, I
2: think like there's there's no there's no fan service in this this, which is which is like a huge huge relief. Like no 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 panty shots no. Although, as you say, there is nudity, it doesn't feel like fan service. Yeah. Um,
1: Abby definitely gets naked more times comfortable. (laughs) And I'm just like, oh, like when it happens in the third arc, I'm like, oh, why is she like, why, why did they like get naked, Abby? And I'm just like, oh, for Christ.
0: Why do they do this?
1: (laughs) Yeah, why why do this? I mean, it makes sense, I guess, because she's a prisoner and then they just wanted to inspect the goods in a sort of, and just, it just highlights how Suzaku views her not as a, Person, but as a piece of meat, yes, you could argue is sort of the way that. But it was also another thing where I was like, "Why oh, is she?"
2: <laughs> but overall, I think Great Pretender is a uh, excellent first anime for people. It shows off like the things only anime can do with the way its color palette works. Like you, you will never see a conventional film as as colorful as Great Pretender is, and there's making those locations feel as, as truly exotic and straight.
1: Yeah, and I, I, then finally, I love the fact that it was one very long six, uh, nine episode heist as opposed to another potentially two like mini heists. I felt the fact that it went in full depth on a massive end of finale, like heist to end all heists was really clever, really smart and just really, 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 really well executed. Uh, I can't speak highly of this show enough. Maybe the best anime this year. Uh, it's
2: it's certainly a statement that you've made, Andy. Um,
1: <laughs> I've probably made it before.
2: <laughs> I'd, I'd I'd like to to know what you think of it, it Ben, because what one anime you, you I think I I like a lot more than you after you rewatched it was uh, Black Lagoon, and Black Lagoon's mm. kind of like m- where military porn meets uh, the the kind of. Uh, criminal hijinks which is going on in Great Pretender like there's a si- similar feeling to the, the crew around uh, Black Lagoon as there is to the the crew in uh, Great Pretender like Rock and uh, Edamura are both like these relatively innocent peoples in slowly getting acclimatised to it and in Very Una- Abigail you've, you've still got very um, similar sort of badass women who are the who are the unex who you are not expecting to be the the toughest one in the group, but are and and as you say, like I think we previously just discussed, like maybe that the previous nominee for best best actual good black character in an anime was Dutch, and Dorothy is similar. So I, I'd I'd like you to. You see it because, like, there's, there's definitely. You make me
0: less. Li- you make you make me less likely to see it by comparing it to Black Lagoon because I think my issue with Black Lagoon is just that everyone's kind of shitty and mean in Black Lagoon, and that wears me out more than it used to. But people. Are... Um, but it does just seem like a bit more of a compassionate
1: take. People are not. It's sort of like the Lupin level of like. He, they are, there's definitely like, uh, like with the way that Edamura gets treated, it's definitely uh, underhanded. But then and I think if anything the biggest my biggest negative takeaway was like I don't really still understand why Edamur is involved in the first place. It felt like every single heist could have gone exactly as it planned without him being there at all. Um, but the like the way that he gets yeah. underhandedly roped in is always something that he never really wants. And that always to his the only thing to his disservice is I'm just like every time I'm like, what is it that Edamur actually is doing? That none of the other characters could do, which I just I just don't think it's there. Otherwise, than they need a third person.
2: Like I'll find out whether this holds up in the final three episodes. But my my take on that has always been, this is basically Lauren paying off to Ed- uh Edomura's dad Oz for uh basically setting him up with this this uh, attempt of a. To get revenge for for Dorothy, like he's Oz has basically given up his his life with his family to carry this out for for Lawrence, and this is is Oz is being allowed a chance of reconciliation by Lawrence showing Ed how he can become sympathetic with his dad to make him understand the choices his dad has had to make and to maybe get sympathy through him by going through the same situations.
1: But I think that again, that is true. I just don't, but I don't believe that you can understand it, but you don't have to accept it. It feels like it's certainly missing a certain thing, but I can't quite put my finger on what yet it is. And maybe, Maybe you have a better um, vision of it when you come and watch. It. Talk about this. Excellent, I don't think it's perfect, but I do think it's. I think there's a lot to enjoy, and you certainly it will not be a waste of your time, Ben, at all to sit and watch this show because there's a lot to love about. It, right? Oh, so, I'll, I'll put it on the list. <laughs> the well, anyway, list. <laughs> we'll try. Ag- we'll try
0: again for this transition. Um, but the other the thing that I actually have been watching. I've, I've had a lot of other stuff on my plate, so I haven't watched that much since last time we talked. Uh, but I and Duncan also in part for the topic that was the first half of this podcast, watch the Saikano movie. Um, hmm. If you're a longtime follower of this podcast, you remember a, a, a stretch of, of, uh, of time for the first and second seasons, which aired on TV uh, where I was largely enjoying them and Duncan slightly less so. Um, and that we enjoyed the first season as being kind of a nice twist on a harem and, um, a very genre savvy and knowing twist on the harem. Mm -hmm. And then the second season, um, a lot more stuff happened and it hung together less well. And it kind of ended in a weird sort of precarious spot, um, with the, the group of, uh, of people making the video game breaking up and two of them leaving for a different project. And that's just it. Uh, and so the movie itself resumes, uh, with, uh, them celebrating the first independent band performance by the people doing their music. Um, uh, Utaha and uh, Eriri are there, the former members who have moved on to work on a much larger and more prestigious professional game called um, Field Chronicles uh, 13. Am I correct? Yeah. Uh, And then it kind of covers... The difficulties of making the game, the uh, the slow process by which uh, Tomiya, the main guy, the otaku who identified this girl uh, Megumi uh, as amazing and deserving of her own game that explains her charms, while she herself is kind of a a boring, uh, low key girl who has nonetheless risen to the occasion required by uh, by making a game, and then kind of drifting slowly and in spurts into a relationship and the stresses that making a game and that helping their friends out when accident strikes um, the stresses that that puts
2: on their relationship uh, and I think this, uh, yeah this this film was interesting because it's definitely where the the relationship actually became a relationship rather than just sort of provision and implied sort. yeah yeah <laughs> it's it's like I think Sa- Saikano has always like to be very meta, as you say. Like to yes talk about it's how it's making a uh, it's making a, a, a v novel about all the characters in his life. He's basically put putting them all as inserts as thinly veiled references: the childhood friend, the the charming upperclassman, and the uh-huh. the girl next door, who's what um, make. Megumia ultimately is framed as i think yeah um and him as the weirdo <laughs> as the weirdo, which is interesting because he is he's obviously the uh the the he if anyone is it he's the mary sue he's the uh very much the audience insert character, and they and they acknowledge that and play with it um Sometimes a bit too knowingly for my liking, but sometimes very amusingly. Um, and what I wasn't ex- ex- expecting from this uh, movie was that it would actually stop being all about hijinks and actually go in on to what happens when a re- to a relationship when you are. Uh, you get past that initial uh thrill of oh i'm going out with this person now to how do we actually be a couple and uh manage our our lives together and our our petty emotional jealousies which everyone has and they hide from each other and then have to actually deal with when you are want, when you are actually a couple and like mm-hmm. Seeing both their affection towards each other in small gestures, like and like we we know the scene I, I'm talking about because like it's, there's a lot of scenes, but yeah, I know which one you're talking it about. It's is like hand holding is such a cliche in anime, and mm. like for for them actually to animate it in a way which sold it to me is e as like a big moment for them or that their their fingers sort of like sort of gripping and then. Sort of interlacing and like it just within that that moment, like them just like not sure what their boundaries were and and just tentatively pushing it and like that that was really sweet and and, and nice and sort of relatable to real way real relationships are. Um, they even and I I say this with utter shock that even had like a a fairly believable first kiss to them. <laughs> like it was very it was very messy
0: which is something that makes the when because we haven't said but like the process of Tomia and me falling in love is increasingly mapped in almost a, a, a way I think I referenced uh, the movie adaptation for like it's a movie about the difficulties of writing and so they're they're making like oh we're just gonna go on they're making the game they're like oh is her route just gonna be that they're gonna gonna go on dates and be a happy couple forever and she's like yeah sure uh, and then they're like oh there's not gonna be any big drama where they have like a fight or the guy dies or whatever um, and then of course they have a an accident that causes them to be driven apart but uh, but yeah like the they their kiss where where he kisses her he waits too long to kiss her and then surprises her and then she kisses him back to reassure him and then they do like one fully meditate like premeditated Mm. kiss together that's mutual is that is what inspires the the couple's first kiss in the game and the girl who's doing the art is like oh i had to do x like she like is drawing extra pictures because she thinks it's so like unique and charming and in fact it's just a very realistic first kiss for two super awkward people Mm. but there's lots of stuff like that it's a very well-realized romance even in a show that's about harems that has the uh the senpai with the long black hair and the twin tails who literally whips him with her twin tails uh when she's frustrated with him but yeah like them being on skype and falling asleep and when he asks her out to go on a date for her birthday and and she's like is this location scouting and he's like it doesn't have to be location scouting (laughs) and she's like what does it have to be and he's like what do you want me to be It's, it's a very it's very very well realized and it's funny that that does take place in a harem comedy about
1: you it, know with it, misunderstandings
0: yeah. and they have to get a game in time and there's other girls who also have feelings for him who want to muscle in yeah it's yeah. it's
2: notable how how very much uh uh as you say at the ending of the, the series is the the two met the two ooh, sort of like other main members of their their um every every er- 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 and Eri, er, yes, and um basically going off to do their own thing together uh, because they're both an incredibly talented writer and artist, and they both both going pro basically and leaving him behind. And mm. like one of the very first scenes of the, the 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 film is is that that sort of rap party for the for the. Um, for the release of the songs for their, their circles thing and, and them just being there sitting on a table on their own saying like, Oh, we've been, we've been relegated to side characters in in the the movie. Now it's our our lives are are just, we're we're no longer the main thing. We can't ever get, we can't be the best girl anymore. And it's like, just so, so good to see them there as, and like, I think I feel like Eri er- er- got far better treatment of the two. She actually got to. I think she must be the fan favorite, or at least the author favorite, because she got to have her emotional um, moment with Tamaya, uh, and like sort of, of say to him when you when we were kids and childhood friends, did you fall in love with me? And him sort of like burst into tears is is to as to say yes, but. I can't say that to you. <laughs> he
0: says, who cares, which is much cuter and yeah. much, and much more. Uh, I think that, I think that looking in hindsight, because I have to say that I, I, this show got a lot more funny and more, the movie got a lot more funny and more appreciable when I went back and read all the Wikipedia episode stories <laughs> for the second season. Cause I did not remember a lot of what happened in the second season, despite again, having recorded content of me talking about it on this podcast back in 2017. But I think that Eri's the Eri is still in denial because she had her kiss with Tomi interrupted by Utaha. I think Utaha had accepted by the end of the second season that she and Tomiya, uh, which is why she keeps calling him Mr. Ethical or whatever, like he's never going to get with her. He he considers himself her fan first and foremost and thinks it would be he like is literally afraid in in the TV series of influencing her writing with his opinions about what would be better or worse. And so I think that she had already made her peace with that. And it's very interesting to watch her help Airy to a similar place of, of peace and acceptance mm. since she's already kind of gotten there off screen. And there's a lot of that like – there's a line that that surprised me when Eri and uh, Megumi twin tails and first girl are talking on the phone and Eri like, you're my best friend. So of course I have to tell you this. And I'm like, Oh, they're, they're (laughs) the, the rival members of the harem of this, like meta harem are friends. And like, they talk to each other and they all know that she and Tomia talk every day and are on Skype every day and that it can't possibly be all for the game, but they're, accepting that they have to move slow and so it's kind of a nice compromise with how how romantic resolutions to harem anime work and i think it goes a lot further in showing them in like actually seal the deal in a way that's not stumbling into boobs or falling down on top of (laughs) them when they come out of the shower or whatever other felicitous ways that harems get resolved they he has to say like yes it, it looks like i put you first but that's not going to be how how our life together would be. And her saying like I can't, I'm really mad at you, but I don't want to stay mad at you. I don't I don't see any point in being this angry at you. It just means I'm not going to get to be with you. And then resolving it that way. And then we get, <laughs> and then we get the time skip epilogue, which. Genuinely got me good. Mm -hmm. Where it skips to several years later, and their relationship is falling apart, and he still has unresolved feelings for her, and she obviously resents him. Then she walks out on him after a fight in a coffee shop, and he like wanders to the to the the riverside where he sees older Utaha with her like cut hair, and then it ends up that that's a pitch for their next game. (laughs) And they are all they are all older, but they're still friends, and they still want to hang out and. Uh, Tomiya and Megumi are married now and it's just it it was just a nice victory lap Uh, I don't know it just you gave me a lot of crap for saying that this was a 10 and I don't mean it's a 10 like everyone should go out and watch it now but in terms of what Saikano's premise was and what its execution has been I think that it is the best movie we possibly could have gotten Mm. and it feels very churlish to give that a (laughs) 9 because of Because of some imaginary version of events where the second season wasn't this weird slump where a lot of happened and a lot happened and nothing seemed to to go towards anything. I don't know. I was happy to see all the characters again. It's beautiful. It's romantic in a way that anime very rarely is romantic.
2: Yeah, it, 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 it was very beautiful unexpectedly. So I was like I was not expecting like it's direction to be as strong as it was when i i started watching i thought oh yeah it's this is a comedy um, harem romance and so yeah it'll be it'll be okay but it'll be workmanlike it instead it was actually just really lovely understated um light quality to it like i and like some lovely framings like there's these repeated shots of somewhat of megumi or tomoya uh standing in the dark by a wall next to a, a a room where light's pouring out of and like this this idea of them sort of of just like being apart from each other and apart from uh, all their colleagues because they're thinking about each other and, and just like all this hustle and bustle inside and them just like standing on the or sitting on their own in the, in the quiet and just because they're just thinking about each other is just like yeah that's really good r- romance framing and just really, really smart. And like, the uh, the callbacks to the, the hand uh, at the, at the end where things have mo- pretty much been resolved and, uh, they've just put, putting the finishing touches to, to, uh, blessing software, their, their circles, a uh, final, uh, game and, uh, and, uh, Utaha Uta, have come back and to help out as pitch hitters, like, and are having like a, this little scene in his room where everyone's there and and, yeah. and they're all getting on, and and like, I mean, kind of, yeah, <laughs> and and I loved how Megumigi sort of like gets to be like the, e, that way that couples can be like this, these little small acts of territorialness is between each yeah. other, like where uh, uh, he she, she just like the, the, she just pinches him just like just this little pinch yeah and, and like just like oi no <laughs> it just, yeah it was really he, don't it was really was...
0: sweet yeah it, it's because because so much has been made and and me hated uh that the game that he made that was gonna that, that he wanted to make that was gonna praise her her like how wonderful she is is called how to raise a boring girlfriend and like I you can tell they never really put it outside there because Megumi does not give a shit in the TV show at least that she's boring. Um, but you can tell that like it's gotten a little bit under her skin and that maybe she's been told that before and like it's definitely a raw point. But she's willing to go along because Tomiya believes in everything so fervently, hmm. especially in the early in the in the first season of the show where he's just as completely like unhinged otaku who everything is moe <laughs> and everything is everything is charm points and. <laughs> And part of, like, part of keeping an awareness of that is what gave me pleasure in the show, in the movie, because I would not have expected, having watched the first season of Saikano, to have this kind of quiet, understated romance between between two people who, like, his confession is that he doesn't want one of these over-the-top girls like Utaha or Airi. He doesn't want the most fantastic one. He wants the one who who wants him and who's his speed and he wants a normal girl and for her part she never thought that she could that she thought she was too normal to date someone as weird as tomia but actually she realizes that he's he's very normal too and it it does it's it's definitely not as high-flown as i was led to believe and it's it felt it felt very genuine and I bought the characters by the end, which is ridiculous because, mm. as I said, if you watch the first season, they're all like weird right. caricatures. Like Megami barely has any affect, and Tomia can't stop like jizzing everywhere about how moe everything is, and he's got a he's got a Kurokami girl, and he's got a Twin Tails girl, and he's got a got a cousin who has who plays the bass and has like cool hair, and
2: yeah, yeah it's maybe I'll, <laughs> I'll I'll let you have your ten because oh whatever Don't, because never back because down because i think <laughs> I, I i my argument was that you should only give attention to something which transcends its medium like it's just works which are just incredible all to just completely defy your expectations for what was possible and in a Way I think you've made an argument. It did defy our expectations of what was possible <laughs> for Saikano because we we thought it was just a, a light harem uh, anime where the romance wasn't really was just broad brushstrokes, and it turns out they they could do this incredibly nuanced, nuanced intimate portrait of their their growing together, and that was really unexpected. And, and yeah, yeah, maybe it gets that it ten. Yeah, no, I I agree because the initial the initial
0: charm of Saikano was having a harem anime about making a harem video game where each of the archetypes would make the argument for like the childhood friend Airi mm-hmm. the Twin tails, the childhood friend is the one who's like well his romance needs to be someone who he's known for his entire life and that he has like a fundamental like connection from all this time he spent together and and uh meanwhile Utah is like the the Kurokami, the long the long black hair girl who is an established writer and is older than them Is like no it needs to be a senpai someone he looks up to and someone who's who he really respects and that he can like grow into it a, lo- a love with you have the characters literally arguing arguing for the character in the game that is the representation yeah. of tomia to be in love with these with the archetypes that they are that they are embodying and for it to grow beyond that into him Choosing the boring girl because he she's the one that gets him and that he can talk to and that isn't isn't actually part of part of the stereotypes that are the show's premise while also at the same time being the first girl um, the girl that he wanted to make a video game so that he could like explain to everybody how cool and beautiful she was I don't know it. It feels like serendipity, which is not the case because it's based on light novels uh, that obviously probably had most of this planned out ahead of time. But it still feels very serendipitous that we we start we started out with something so tropey and ended up with something so genuine. So, yeah, that's the Saikano movie.
2: <laughs> yeah, gen- generally far more glad to have watched it than I I ever thought I would be. So I think, as you say, let's let's let it have that turn. Yeah. I was I was putting it off
0: for literal weeks because I was like <laughs> what if this is bad <laughs> like it's basically what we were talking about it's what we were talking about with Andy with with yeah. watching movies like you didn't want to watch the movie because yeah. what if it's bad and I, I, I did, time I
2: didn't even think like it was going to be bad I just thought it'd just be meh just more of the same unnecessary just, yeah, yeah just it was something far far. I, the, the only shame is it, is it doesn't stand on its own because like it's almost good enough to to, to say yeah c- can you watch that on it without watching the rest and i don't think you can sadly yeah
0: unfortunately speaking from experience if you do not if you do not know the first two seasons you're not going to get most of the jokes that they make for the first half of the show and so it's just going to be like weird waiting around Mm. for the romance to really kick into high gear so Maybe they didn't need to do
2: a compilation in movie of the first two seasons, so then people <laughs> only have to watch two movies instead of two seasons. That—that uh, thats uh, that, thats what the trick anime uh, are, are missing. Then that's—that's what we need. A, co- a compilation, a compilation Psychano would be very
0: weird because I imagine most of what they would cut out are the jokes and the digressions, <laughs> which are the best, which are the best parts, especially of the first season. Yeah, that's true. So. So, Mm -hmm. like uh, Utaha, like eating pocky out of his fingers so fast that he has to like spring his hand (laughs) away not to get his fingers bitten uh, because she's in the zone while she's riding. It's it's funny. Uh, Go back to our old podcast and listen to me gush about it. And Duncan tell me that (laughs) I'm overrating it. So to get to to get the full experience of this, um, nothing ever nothing ever really changes is what is what the answer is.
2: turns out you were overrating it then because only now has it filled its final no, potential I, only now I is had its fusion. final form
0: i had future vision i, I had anime clairvoyance Fair okay enough. well with that rate review and subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting service find us on twitter at keyframes pod find us on facebook search for keyframes podcast email us questions or topics you would like to hear us discuss at keyframes podcast at gmail.com Tune in for our next episode where we will be talking about studio identities. Studios, directors, genres, styles that have become synonymous. Uh, which is obviously just going to be Jeff showing up and talking a lot about Shaft. So <laughs> tune in for the informal ninth episode of the uh, Monogatari tween. And uh, the rest of us will be talking a bit. And of Honestly. course, tune into it with a friend yeah. who you'll tell yeah, about yeah, our podcast. not
1: just any, any friend, Ben. I'd probably um, talk to the Mentioned to the friend who just explained to them their summer holiday that felt so wild and crazy that it could almost be like a spin-off from his normal life um and then has no <laughs> consequence or actions for the rest of his life going forwards and then you
0: never see and him you again. never
1: see him again and he has a father who dies or a great best friend who's made, and that's actually you thought he was his best friend but no now the best friend that you never heard of before but yeah that's who i'd tell personally just as yeah, i thought yep yep, yep. um Yep. yep.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, there will be no sequel movie to this, to this podcast no. episode. Say goodbye, everybody. Bye. <laughs> goodbye.
2: Bye.
0: That wasn't so bad.